Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Colin McWay is uh, a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. He has written an incredible book called A Citizen on the Constitution, Consent and Communism. And so what this is is an obvious slippery slope even though the 18th Amendment was eventually overturned, it still allowed the foot in the door from people who want to regulate the behavior of individuals based upon their own personal conceived notions of what is right and what is acceptable and what is wrong and what is not. And and that's, as you so correctly say, I mean, that's why we have now rules and regulations about almost everything. You cannot... You cannot, how you strap your kid into a car seat in the car and, uh, or you can't drive without a seatbelt or you can't ride your motorcycle without a helmet or all these lists and lists of rules and rules and regulations and regulations that all are really about personal behavior. And what they've taken away is the concept of responsibility, individual responsibility. I have a kind of a favorite saying. I say the coin of freedom, and I call it the coin of freedom, has two sides. One side is freedom of choice and free will, but the other side is individual responsibility. And those, that's the, the pair that is required to be a free person. Yes, you are free to do all of these things that you want, but if you screw up, you are the one who made the decision. You are the one who's responsible, and you've got to fix it up. We also see with the 18th Amendment that it ushers in the first big wave of federal law enforcement. There wasn't a lot in the original Constitution in Article 1, Section 8 that needed enforcement. You had things like the Treasury, so you had, you know, Secret Service and, you know, counterfeiting and that stuff that was, uh, uh, that was enforced. But there wasn't a lot of federal law enforcement, and the Volstead Act uh, brings in an awful lot of that. And, you know, here in North Georgia, you know, it ha- I'm reading an interesting book right now called um, uh, Moonshine, Mayhem, and Murder. And it's about uh, the kind of interesting lore of Georgia. And this particular area was, you know, and maybe still is, a big, uh, you know, moonshine area. And, um, you know, people have a view of the moonshiners, but I think that an uglier view is the view of the regulators, and the guys that came in, and these were just, you know, poor folk that were trying to make a living. And, you know, they were extorted and, and killed and, you know, all kinds of bad stuff happened, you know, back, uh, you know, partly in, 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 in due to the uh, Volstead Act. Well, I mean, obviously that goes to the whole question of prohibition of anything. There is no way to prohibit people from doing what they want. 
What what the Volstead Volstead Act actually did is it took a whole bunch of petty criminals uh, and 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 minor thugs and turned them into millionaires. Uh, that's what it did, uh, and we've seen this whole scenario repeated time and time and time again. No matter what it is you prohibit, there's always a black market. It, there has been for thousands of years. Probably, I'm sure the cavemen had a black market uh, because that's human nature. You cannot legislate human behavior and human morality. It's just not possible. So that's why the coin concept of the coin of freedom is so really important. Yes, you can do what you want, screw up, whatever. But when you do screw up, don't ask me to bail you out. Right. You know, one of the things we, we haven't spent much time talking about, but I think that, you know, is important to, to make at least kind of front of the mind aware for people is a lot of times the founders get bashed for, you know, being rich, white, slave-holding men. And one of the things I say in my book is uh, Great Britain brought slavery to the continent. Americans freed them. And, you know, when we look at the 13th Amendment um, and just overall the position of, of slavery in the Constitution, the Constitution didn't allow for slavery. They were silent on the subject. And it was reserved to the states. Uh, there were absolutely restrictions that were, were put on it. Uh, you know, the, it contemplated uh, banning the importation of, of people, uh, you know, I believe it was 20 years after the, uh, after the ratification. Uh, and, but people also don't know the history of, even though the federal government had no standing in slavery, from, you know, kind of the, the, the turn of the uh, 19th century up until 1862, where we have the Emancipation Proclamation, we had United States Navy ships turning back uh, ships from the, from the uh, west coast of Africa and preventing them from coming here. So, you know, the Constitution allowed for the freeing of slaves. The Constitution was also silent on, well, it wasn't silent. The, who could vote was reserved to the states, and women couldn't vote, at least, you know, broadly. Women voted, you know, very early on. As a matter of fact, free blacks voted as well, by the way. Um, so the Constitution isn't a sexist or racist document. It was silent on the subject, and when it became society's view that we needed to deal with these things, those ills were actually cured by the Constitution, not caused because of it. You bring up a good point, and I will just mention to you that what do you call someone who is forced to work for the benefit of another? It's a slave. If you are forced to work for the benefit of another, you are a slave, are you not? And that is what the Constitution and some of the amendments of the Constitution and the rules and regulations of the modern progressives have made slaves of those of us who are paying taxes. Well, so, you know, similarly, you know, if you think about that in light of the Second Amendment, right, if you think about slavery and the Second Amendment, and maybe they don't necessarily go together in people's minds, but how many slave owners armed their slaves? And what then is a man that is forbidden from owning a gun? Right. It's it's really the two sides of that same or maybe now there's two coins. <laughs> <laughs> so what else here about any of these other amendments that are uh, of importance that we need to discuss? Well, I, th I think just the so the overarching uh, point that I want to make on the amendments is that the government up until uh, 
probably 1933, was always asking for our consent. And so each one of these amendments says, basically, uh, currently the federal government does not have purview over this issue. We're asking the states for purview over this issue. Do you consent? And that is the purpose of those amendments. And then at the end of many of those amendments, they also have now their own necessary and proper clause to say, okay, now you've given me uh, purview over this particular issue. Now I need to make or may need to make uh, rules and regulations, laws around that issue. So they're very, very, very structural um, and, you know, it shouldn't be kind of uh, misused as so often we, we see in the, in the government today. Colin McQuay is uh, a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. He has written an incredible book called A Citizen on the Constitution, Consent and Communism. And one of the things that you say, Colin McQuay, is that socialism is illegal under our Constitution. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so uh, all of the – and we see this, you know, anybody that's, that's listening to this, when you watch your news tonight and you'll hear uh, people talk about uh, AOC – or will Bernie Sanders or Liz Warren and all these programs that they want to do, and they want to, you know, eliminate college debt, and they want to, uh, you know, have free Medicare for all, including illegal aliens. All of these different things that they're asking to do, um, the, the federal government just does not have standing. So if we if we go back and kind of look at, you know, how we got there you know, and, and understand what Marx was trying to do and, and who Marx was and what these, uh, I call them, tenets of communism are about. Um, you know, so first of all, I, th I find it disingenuous. So uh, Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto in 1848. And we are told today that the founding and the framers of the Constitution, that's outdated thought, yet only 60 years later, we have now... Uh, Marx writing his book. So what happened in those 50 years that made, you know, primitive thought, and by the way, that primitive thought was the first time ever in the history of man that we had a government that wasn't about subjugating people, it was about liberating people, and we, and we, we call uh, Marx a modern school of thought. And it's just disingenuous. There's nothing that happened to man over those 50 or 60 years. Um, and when we really kind of dig into what, what are the tenets of communism and, and what is it trying to do, it's trying to control every aspect of your life. It's trying to uh, control all industry. It's trying to – and we see that happening today, right? Even though it's not flat-out communism, the government, through all of its regulations and taxing methodologies, controls behavior more and more and more and more so that at some point it's not going to be that big a leap to say, well, we should probably control all of that, right? So, and we see that, you know, with, with health care, it starts with health care, which isn't a right uh, as defined. It's a, uh, it's a product, really. Health care is a product. I hope a doctor would agree with me on that. Um, so, you know, when we, when we look at all these different tenets and compare them to what's happening in the Constitution, you just have to always take this step back and say, do you have standing to do what you want to do? Can you um, – and so we, let's use the Green New Deal as, as, as the foil here. So all of the things in the, in the Green New Deal that they want to take over, 
there's not a single one of them that the federal government has standing over, right? They, they, and, and when we, when we read the Green New Deal, and it, and I have parts of it in my book taken directly out of the, the, the legislature or the, the bill that they put forward. And, you know, they want to do th- things, you know, like guaranteeing everybody, uh, green jobs. And, you know, they want to also, they want to, uh, prevent how people travel and, and, all of these things that you just have to sit back and if you get rid of the argument of is this a good idea or a bad idea and just put that aside for a second and say first, do they have standing to do this? I think that in a debate you know, with Bernie Sanders, for example, would turn him on his head, right? And if I haven't consented to do this, Bernie, in our society, what then are you advocating here, right? I mean, you don't what what is it that I don't have to pay attention to if you don't have to pay attention? Me as a citizen, do I have to pay my taxes, right? Because if I don't, people from the Treasury are going to come knocking on my door with a, a nice, snug, you know, orange suit for me. And But yet I would have to pay into their system for all of these kind of things to which I didn't consent. So, you know, when I talk about communism is illegal under our Constitution, it's because we have not consented to anything uh, that they're proposing. Well, again, uh, I mean, that's a really a great point. And, and it, it goes back to everything that we've been discussing. Uh, the fact that this, our Constitution was, as you said, the first document that actually was about a government that liberated people, not subjugated them. Uh, Karl Marx, uh, not, there were nine people at his funeral. Communism should have died with him if it weren't for George Bernard Shaw and those illegal, those arrogant elitists uh, in the Fabian Socialist Society. It would have, but they picked up, picked up the baton and ran with it until they could find people in our country who would agree with them and try to put it forward, like Woodrow Wilson and all his friends. And during that era, a lot of the people who were our original progressives in this country were doing it were the very uber-wealthy people who were really doing it in order to make more money because they saw that as a way of, you know, making themselves richer. But it sort of morphed into, once the politicians got a hold of it, it morphed into a way of securing power for themselves. That's what it's all about. It's all about for them, the people who are running the show in Washington today, it's all about money and power in their own pockets. That's really what it is. And so... When President Trump talks about draining the swamp, that's what he's talking about. We are, we are now the victims of a group of people that we cannot touch. There is no way we can touch these people. There's no way we can get rid of them unless we have a president who is willing to stand in the gap and say, I am the one who is going to reestablish the power of the people. We the people in this country. You know, uh, you brought up Woodrow Wilson, and he was kind of our, I guess, first socialist president. And he is also the uh, creator of the notion of a living, breathing constitution. And I think that it's really important for people to understand how illegitimate that is in its origins. When, you know, people that don't study this subject and people say, well, you can have a living, breathing view of the constitution. Well, why is it that you say that? You know, it's just like if you, if you go back and look at, you know, right wing, left wing and fascism and and the origin of these words, where does the notion of living, breathing constitution come from? And it simply comes from 
a book that Woodrow Wilson wrote in 1912 uh, while he was running for president where he made up this notion and said basically the government needs to be like a, a living organism and you know we have to let it breathe and grow and all this kind of stuff. And he effectively asked for permission to interpret the Constitution. Well, some guy in a book writing that I want permission to uh, interpret the Constitution does not make it legitimate, right? It's just like these other things that the, the uh, adversaries uh, make up about uh, separation between church and state and these other things that just aren't real, uh, but they have become part of our lexicon, and now people think they're, they're legitimate. To have a living, breathing Constitution, and, and you've talked about it as a contract before, imagine if I had a living, breathing mortgage, Right? And I interpret it, or worse yet, the bank interprets it as, well, I know you just got done paying 30 years, but we liked receiving those payments. I, we thought we were going to get them forever, so we're just going to keep this going. That's completely wholly and absolutely illegitimate And the same way that a living, breathing constitution is. If you have a living, breathing constitution, you also can't have all men are created equal because you're going to have people interpreting it differently. There's going to be different uh, justice or no justice. So it's... Anybody that brings that up in, in conversation, they just they either have you know uh, bad intent of power grab, or they have no idea what they're talking about. There's 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 no good that can come of it. And if you do want to modify it, and I think the the biggest argument against living breathing constitution is. I, a lot of times I say, yeah, it is. It's called Article 5. You know, the, the Article 5 of the Constitution describes two ways that we can amend the Constitution with the consent of society, right, and no other way. So it's living and breathing under kind of strict terms. And that, of course, brings up the, the really the basic point here is that uh, a living Constitution just defies the basic principles upon which our entire country and our Constitution are based. All men are created equal, uh, the consent of the government, and that we are, are a nation based upon natural law rights. Those are the three concepts that lead to a society and a government that says, we will let you live, live and let live. And that concept is how this country was founded and... Uh, and that's the concept that we have to return to. I've been talking with Colin McWay, an author of an incredible book, A Citizen on the Constitution, Consent, and Communism. Colin, it has been an absolute honor and pleasure to have you as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Dr. Dan, it's been my pleasure and honor. Thank you, sir. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom.
everything gonna be all right this morning. Truth in Planning, helping you prepare for the unexpected. When you die without an estate plan, the state of Georgia's already determined who your beneficiaries are and what amounts they get. And the steps you need to take to protect yourself and loved ones in life and beyond. Are you planning to play golf? Are you planning to travel? Do you want to help your kids or grandkids out? Truth in Planning, presented by Gary Anderson of Anderson Advisors and Kevin Tharp Elder Law Attorney. Weekends on the Talk of the Mountains, 95.1 WJRB. Real estate for real life on 95.1 FM is your insider source. Less than 10% of them actually sell as a for sale by owner. Bill and Cindy Daves navigate you through the do's and don'ts of real estate. What about having that strange person, that potential buyer, into your home? Well, hopefully they're not a strange person. Hopefully they're just a <laughs> Well, Real estate for real life. Presented by Team Daves, Remax Town & Country. Every weekend on the Talk of the Mountains. 95.1 WJRB.